and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Today, I am so excited to have Tana Brewer on with us for Careering. Tana is the founder and principal of the Tana Brewer Group, LLC. Thank you so much for being on, Tana. Thanks for having me, Lori. You bet. Well, I'm so excited. We're talking about a topic today that is near and dear to my heart, and I love riffing on with anyone who will take the time to listen. It's all about networking, professional friendships, and finding work-life balance. So I just love having you on. Well, thank you. I'm excited to talk about this as well. So let's start with how you started the Tana Brewer Group, what it is, and how it came to be. Well, I had been working for a company called Blunt International for the past five years. I was the director of global talent management. And at the end of 2019, an interesting opportunity presented itself for me as Blunt was getting ready to be sold to new owners, the company sought to reduce senior leadership positions. And many people had an opportunity to accept a voluntary separation agreement, which came with a generous severance package. I saw this as an opportunity to move to the next step of my career. And frankly, at the time I left, I was really hoping to move from a director role to exploring senior director or vice president level in my same field. So I left Blunt in January and was in the process of interviewing with many different companies. Quite to my surprise, of course, COVID hit and that changed things a lot. (laughs) Before COVID hit, though, I had a a very interesting conversation with a good friend of mine, uh, a a work friend I've I've known for many years. Uh, Kevin Bush is a coach and trainer of EQ, Emotional Intelligence uh, Concepts, and I brought him into companies I've worked with for, um, gosh, over 10 years. Kevin and I were having lunch, and he was asking me about my job search, and I was describing one of the companies that I applied for and what it would look like, uh, what the work would be like. And I remember Kevin said to me, gosh, that sounds pretty intense and stressful. Bill, you've been wanting more work-life balance, not less. And I... Yeah. And I remember I laughed and I said, yeah, but this is the salary range, Kevin. And it was quite a bit more than I had been making before. And I said, you know what, this salary range, I can get really aggressive on the savings and gosh, maybe even retire six, seven years from now. And Kevin looked at me and he said, or you could do something you really enjoy, have some balance and do it for the next 20 years. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. So he planted a seed that kind of stood there. And I think a lot of people, once quarantine hit and some of the realities, kind of really thinking through the plans rather than going on autopilot and just applying for jobs, what would that look like? And I kept thinking about this starting independent. It's something I've considered for many years. And I started kind of the end of April and into May reaching out to independent consultants and contractors I know who are in my network and just having Zoom calls with them. Probably every day, one or two Zoom calls a day in the month of May, talking to people I know and asking them how they got started independent, what it looked like, what they liked, what they didn't like. And it really started to take shape for me what this could be. 
And I saw that I had something strategic to offer to businesses that right now may be hesitant to bring on somebody with my skill set, which is leadership development, talent assessment, coaching, consulting. There's an uncertainty about bringing somebody on at that level full-time staff, but as they need those resources, I can be there on an as-needed basis and contract that out, I think it would be more strategic for a business as well right now. Well, I mean, there's so many things in that first intro that encourage me and intrigue me. And I mean, I think it speaks to networking and how to network. I think it speaks to work-life balance and how we choose that. It speaks to courage to start in the middle of a pandemic, start your own (laughs) company. And just as an aside, what's really interesting is that's how I started my agency as well. More than 20 years ago, I took a voluntary payout and then the company became my first client because they believed in me and wanted to help me create my agency. So there really is something about, and you know, even getting back to networking, the person that helped me with that is still a close personal friend and comes to visit me Mm -hmm. anytime they're in Bend. And so from a networking perspective, you and I talk a lot about this. We have our own personal connection that spans two decades. You worked with my Mm -hmm. husband, Tim Halter, way back when, and we stayed in touch and, um, you know, through LinkedIn and various channels. So through when we talk about networking, I know you really talk about the idea of professional friendships over networking. So can you give us a little bit of context around that and what you think the difference is? I don't know, and maybe it's just me, but the idea of networking just feels very transactional. It's like I know somebody who has who has some skills or some resources, and I do have people in my network that I can reach out to, but that's different than having that regard for somebody. And there are levels of this friendship. But when I talk about these consultants, and I've had so many um, that I was calling, willing to give me an hour of their time, and us just really able to laugh and enjoy that and just understand and get each other, that's different than just a phone number or a business transaction. I talked to so many people who gave me their time, their advice, their all of this with no expectation of anything in return. And that's more like a friendship. Well, and I'm sorry to interrupt. That's exactly what I was going to say. What I love about that is that is just such a real example of what I would call maybe like a true network, Mm -hmm. which is supporting and encouraging each other and knowing you, knowing you versus I feel like today there's a lot of emphasis on like amount of followers or amount of likes or the algorithms, you know, for LinkedIn Mm -hmm. or social media. And it's just, it's becoming a very interesting divide between the two. And I don't want to make it generational, but I do feel like the younger workforce maybe is seeing LinkedIn as as many followers as you have. And I would feel like people who have been in the workforce longer and didn't grow up with social media are still thinking of that network as what we traditionally think of the network as, which is, you know, like you said, calling up a friend and talking about if you call up a friend, they will answer the phone. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that is so true. That is exactly true. And in fact, as I started this business, I had heard the, uh, one of the tips was to mine your LinkedIn network. And I have tried over the years actually to not connect with somebody on LinkedIn unless I've met them in person, like at a Mm -hmm. conference, for example, or somebody introduced me. And of course, that's not always been the case. Um, I I spent a day 
I looked at my LinkedIn contacts, and I think there's like 1,200. And as I wow. went through there, yeah, but half of them, I'm like, I don't even know who this is. Who this and is. I've, <laughs> I thought I was diligent about making those connections. <laughs> but it, it came down to that that several dozen people, and maybe I hadn't talked to them for a few years, but I just, when I saw them, I knew, I'm like, for example, oh, I could call Lori. And, and then realizing not even because I'm looking for something or I want something from them, but I just want to catch up. It's been right. a while and let's catch up. What's going on? Yes, I totally agree. And I think, you know, that's speaking of like a lot of people out of work. I mean, there's a lot of um, churn right now in, in across industries. People are looking to network. Just thinking of your own experience and people that are reaching out to you, do you have like tips or tricks? How do you like to be sort of reunited with your network? What's mm. the best way for them to reach out to you right now? I feel like you just said the key word. It's got to be reunited. There has to have been that relationship there before. And then there's a, a message. LinkedIn, oftentimes we've switched jobs. We've done things. We may not even have each other's email addresses at this point. So mm-hmm. LinkedIn is a nice way to find those contacts and send an, a message and just say, hey, it's been a while. Let's catch up and get something set up. But that relationship needs to have already been there. And let me tell you what not to do. There's a young woman, more early career, quite a bit younger, and I've never met her in person. But coincidentally, she's worked at three different companies with three different people who I would consider to be professional friends. And I've heard her reputation from all of them. And her reputation has been that she's incredibly smart. She adds a lot of value. She's got a lot of drive to her. But she also seems to be very entitled and doesn't want to accept feedback or direction and comes across as kind of a know-it-all. And she was recently out of work, and I'd seen that on LinkedIn, and I, I had just kind of seen that. And then she sent me an email, and I've never met her, and she just said, hey, I see that you're connected to... Jennifer, who is our mutual friend, I see you're connected Mm -hmm. to Jennifer and you've started your own company. I've decided I want to do that too. Can we talk and you can tell me how to get started? Here's a link to my (laughs) calendar. Set something up. (laughs) For the listeners listening right now, this is an exact example of what not to do when reaching out to your network. (laughs) I did not set anything up with her. I I, I just didn't. But I have been, as I've been starting, I've really been working through people who I know, even if it's been a while, and just enjoying that connection. I have started to meet more people and using that bridge. And I'll I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I talked to a, a really lovely woman, Heather Decker. She's a coach who does productivity coaching specifically for attorneys. And I had a great connection and catch up with her. And as we were talking I was sharing with her how I'm starting to learn more about marketing and that's not something I've done before and just some of the things I'm learning. And she said, oh, you really should meet, and she named three other women in her network who are really good at this. And I said, oh, that would be lovely. I would love to do that. And after we hung up, she sent nice introductory emails 
talked to each of these women with me and explained how she knew me, what I wanted to learn from this woman, and all three of them responded, and we've set up some time to meet over the next yes. month. That is such a great example, like counterexample to the mm-hmm. Calendly email that you <laughs> yes. had before. I mean, and this is, as you were speaking, it reminds me, I had a call right before our call this morning with someone who was calling me for business to see if we could work together. But I had worked with him 20 years ago. He'd come to my wedding. You, you were at our wedding as well. You know, yes. he came to my wedding. I still had the breakfast tray, his wife collage for us and sent a picture after the call and it's just a different feel right than someone Mm -hmm. who's doing a cold call in saying hey we'd love to work with you I mean it was so Mm -hmm. flattering to me to have someone that I've known and who was at my wedding but we'd lost touch for probably Mm -hmm. the last eight years but the moment I heard his voice on the phone it was like kind of going back to that time that we were working together at Chrome Systems. So there really is something so warm about reconnecting or as you stated, having a friend say, mm-hmm. hey, I want you to meet this person and here's why. Here are the reasons why I'd like you to meet them. Yep, exactly. And I think for a job search, you know, for any of the listeners out there in the middle of their job search, it can be so frustrating. But I think this is a prime example of use the people you know and do it because you truly want to reconnect with them, not mm-hmm. because they can get you somewhere or get you something. Well, and every time you talk to somebody in your network or even every time you hear of an opportunity, you want to be thinking, what can I do for them? What can I do? Mm-hmm. And so when yeah. I know people and I know what they're looking for and what they're trying to do, who do I know in my, and Heather did this for me. I had a need. I didn't ask her to introduce anything, but I said, I have a need. I need to learn this. And she's immediately Mm -hmm. thinking, who do I know who could help this person and making that connection? What do I know that could help this person? If you go into it all for me, what's in it for me, that's just not right. Um, You need to go into it. what What can I offer? And just trust exactly. it will come back to you. It will come back to you. But you're going out there, what can I offer to this other person? I love that. And I think that's true of almost any type of professional transaction. Whether you're mm-hmm. looking for a job, looking to reconnect with someone, going after a new contract, starting your own company. People who have listened to this podcast for a while are probably getting so tired of hearing this, but I really think it all comes down to relationships and connections. And that's truly where everything flows from is the relationships Mm -hmm. you hold in the space. Mm -hmm. So this all speaks to that. I want to take a pivot quickly and talk about the work-life balance item you talked about in the beginning. So I love that your friend, who is a coach, made the distinction between working really hard for the next six years, you know, and retiring, Mm -hmm. or loving what you do, and then there's no need to retire, or that field to retire is not there. So how did you kind of make the jump? Because you were saying you were were really climbing the corporate ladder, you were looking for that Mm -hmm. next rung that was going to get you to the next spot. But what was it that made you say, you know what, I really need to think through this and decide if I want to find if I want to be the founder of my own business. Well, the last five years, I have been working very hard, and uh, Blunt is an international company, so that also involves a lot of travel. And I really love it. I'm a, I'm a pretty achievement oriented person, and so I have that drive, and I enjoy working hard. But I also just saw over the years, little by little, so many things dropping out. 
you know, I used to volunteer for different organizations and I stopped having time to do that. I used mm-hmm. to be adjunct faculty at Portland State University and I stopped having time to do that. I stopped having as many lunches and time with friends and I stopped exercising and working out as much as I should as well and mm-hmm. getting home later and just juggling it. But I don't think I ever noticed that I was out of balance, that I had a need. Moving in then to being unemployed, getting that time to reconnect with people, getting that time to read fiction, getting that time to work on the yard, getting that time to exercise was pretty nice. I will tell you, and I think a lot of people felt this way in April when we were under strict quarantine here in Oregon, and it was like, don't leave your house except for groceries. I got this taste of what it might be like to be retired and I didn't like that either. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> I, I honestly didn't. I was so bored. And for a while, yeah. there was something that was quieter and nicer about it. But, oh, my gosh. And I, it just made me realize if I did retire young, what would I do? I mean, it would like, be different would if you're not. Right. Yeah, if we're not in a quarantine, I'm sure I could do more. But, oh, that's the balance, the work-life balance. You've got to have both, yes. right? You have to something meaningful, but you've got to have room for the other as well. Oh, absolutely. And I love that. I mean, I love that you say that about retirement because there's so many folks I talk to and they're like, well, I'm just really hustling. I'm just really working hard. I just, I'm working toward that retirement. And it's like, okay, what are your plans for retirement? They're like, I don't know, but it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) What if you could work each day to where it felt like retirement, but then you had the work and work that you felt very, you know, passionate and engaged about as well. It's kind of the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll tell people all the time, like as far as a mom, I'm like, I know that I'm a better mother working and being at home for my family both. You know, if I were just staying at home or if I were working full time, I know that that's not the best of my two worlds coming together. It it truly has been kind of having the work-life balance that has made it so kind of special for me the last two decades and has allowed me to continue and be excited to move forward because I think things Mm -hmm. have an ability to get kind of stale, you know, unless you're bringing things always into the mix. And again, that's one of the reasons why I left my previous job. I was starting to feel it was stale. I needed to learn and do something different. I've been doing the same thing. So, yeah. Congratulations. You started your group. (laughs) What would you say is the most eye-opening thing that's happened since you started? And I know you're only four months in, so we'll keep that in mind. But what has kind of surprised you about beginning your own group? Well, there were a few things I knew. It it didn't surprise me because I'd I'd heard this from so many of my, um, my friends who are consultants is that it's a marketing business. Like I'm an expert at what I do, but if I'm going to be independent, it's a marketing, I need to market myself. And I have just learned so much. Oh my gosh, so many things I had no idea about. And I, I thought I knew the business world. I was just so surprised. Um, earlier this week, I was talking with a woman who does come from a marketing background. And she said to me, well, is this business operational, customer, or product? And Mm -hmm. I didn't know what she was talking about. So she explained it to me. And then I went and I Googled this. And I learned that this has been around since 1993. I didn't know anything about this. But your business being either operational excellence, customer intimacy, 
or product quality. This was all news to me, and it's like mind-blowing for me. And okay. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I, this is new. I don't know this. And I'm, I'm thinking, yes. I want a customer intimacy business is what I want. And it really shifted me to think, how do I present myself? Where do I spend my time? And it gets back to what this woman and I were talking about is, if I want a customer intimacy business, spending too much time promoting, trying to get likes and followers on LinkedIn isn't going to get me to where I want to be, which is a right. core of customers that I know very well and I'm there to support very deeply. Well, and I think even from a business perspective, that's so interesting because once you have that base of folks, and it does not have to be from coming from founding your own business, it can be from your mm-hmm. you know, 20 to 30 years experience across the board, then you find that the referrals come easily, business comes through more easily, mm-hmm. because you have people that have genuine, true connections with you that mm-hmm. are saying exactly like your example before, your friend's saying, let me introduce you to three people and give you the warm handoff and tell them why I think they should get to know you or take you on for this client or bring you on for business. And it's I hate to say that's becoming a lost art because that makes me sound old and like an old fogey, but, <laughs> but I do worry that some of the personal connection that has happened yeah. in the past is getting lost in the networking. Yeah. Well, this is something that has happened just this week and has really made me rethink things. You know, I spent this over the summer a lot of time getting my website up, building my website, making it look attractive. Then I've spent a lot of time marketing on LinkedIn, building collateral, doing blog posts, and I put a lot of effort and I think that was necessary, but at this point it I really want to focus on the relationships because that that's where I want to yeah. go with my business. Right. Yes, I think that's so. And, and I, I guess I should say, I think there's also a place for the other half of that because what's interesting for right. me is a flip-flop. So I've had those personal connections for years and years and years. And now, especially with almost careering, I am getting followers and follows on LinkedIn who I don't mm-hmm. know. And you have to kind of think through that well, mm-hmm. are they following me because they've heard something on careering and they want to know more? So it's, it's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. flip for me. It's almost the opposite of what I've been doing for the last few decades. And so, you know, I think it really depends on sort of where you are in your career and exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. What are the goals that you're trying to accomplish at this point in time? Yep, exactly. So do you have a piece of advice for folks interested in networking? What would be kind of your number one thought to give folks who may be using networking out there to either find a job or reconnect or make their way into a project? If you start when you need it, you're too late. So (laughs) I would... I love that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I think my advice would be for those who don't need it right now, start reaching out and just check in with people and start having those conversations when you don't need it and look for how you can help them. Now, if you do need it, you know, I might have been open to this young woman who I'd never met before if she'd approached it a little bit differently. First of all, she, mm-hmm. we have three people in common. She could have contacted one of those people and asked them to make the introduction. That would have helped. Right. Secondly, it came by an email. I don't know how it could have been a little bit different, but I don't want to say it could have been a bit more gracious. What I heard in that and what, what I kind of think about that is 
it's pretty presumptuous to say, I want to start doing what you're doing, so just give me the magic formula and then I'll be successful. <laughs> you know, that's not taking into account the 20 years of work and relationships and hustle. I find it so funny that you say that with the magic formula. I had another situation, actually, when I used to teach, uh, when I was adjunct faculty at Portland State. What's yes. fun about that was getting to know a lot of students, right? And, right. Um, Portland. And Portland State has students at all stages in their career. But I did have a student who was an early career professional. That's the code I've learned. We no longer call people, they're not young and we're not old. We're early okay. career. Or, yeah. So she was an early career professional, i.e. younger than 30. Young. And Yeah. <laughs> okay. She was an early career professional. And we met after, uh, she stayed after class. And she said, asked if I had a few minutes. I was like, of course. Bright young woman definitely like her. I'm, I'm happy to help her. And mm -hmm. she says, you know, I, I want to go with in my career, but, um, and I'm teaching instructional design and training. That's, that's what I teach. Okay. She says, you know, as I'm looking at my career, I enjoy this, but I don't really want to be a trainer. I want to be on the strategic side of learning. I want to, I want to lead the department. I want your job, the director of talent. And I said, well, and I said, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a transition, you know, when you're going from actually creating the learning to the strategy. And I, I, I kind of started talking through her what that is. And she says, no, I just, what's the hack? How do I get there? And I'm like, it's not a hack. The hack is 20 years. That's the hack. Exactly. <laughs> The hack is 20 years of experience. Paying yes. Years. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't have a hack to give you to get there before in the next two years. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You're like, perhaps the hack is not asking these questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, that's, I mean, I think that just speaks on so many levels to yes. relationships and, you know, working hard to get what you want. So the last question I have for you is, I ask everyone, I love this idea. You and I have talked a lot about how much you enjoy your work and that it's really a, you know, a huge part of your life and yourself. So is there a weekly or daily thing that you do to keep kind of the hustle alive? Is there something that you do that keeps you moving forward? I have a practice, and I, I got this from Stephen Covey, that I've done for at least 10 years, and it's start each day with intention and each day with reflection. I do that on a weekly basis as well. So mm -hmm. the best thing I can say for people, when you sit down to work, opening your email should never be the first thing you do. As soon as you open your email, you're in a reactive mode to everything, everything everybody else wants of you. The first thing you do is on a blank sheet of paper, write down what is your intention for the day. And it could be goals. It could be tasks. I need to do this. It could be how do I show up? I want to show up with more kindness. I want mm -hmm. to be a better listener. But what is it you want to come from today? And then you can jump into the, the, the ring of whatever it is you're doing. At the end yeah. of each day, turn everything off. And before you leave, just stop and reflect. How did I... And this only takes two, three minutes. This isn't a big... Right thing, but how, how did I do on my intention? And then I also do just my to-do list. What do I want to do tomorrow? I figure if I can put that all on a piece of paper before I leave, it's not going to yeah. rattle around in my head all night. So those are the two things I do at the end of the day. That I really love that. So you're beginning helps. the day saying, how do I want to, to spend my day? How do I want to show up? Mm -hmm. And it's before you have any other interaction and you're ending the day saying, how did I do? And what are my goals for tomorrow? Yep. 
I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I have loved talking to you about everything from networking to, you know, work-life balance to Calendly. <laughs> to <a> <laughs> well, it has been great catching up with you. I appreciate it as well. It's been a fun conversation. Yes, thank you so much. For, for those of you who want to check out Tana's group, it's the Tana Brewer Group. You can find her on LinkedIn. Thanks. We'll talk to you later, Lori. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you. Thank you.